0: Thursday, January 27th, 2022. Today on the show, Hogwarts Legacy is definitely coming out this year. A Call of Duty developer is unionizing, and EA says that they're done with Star Wars games. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. Hey everybody, this is the Culture Jack News Desk. I'm your host, Dustin. Welcome back to the Culture Jack News Desk. Welcome back to the Culture Jack Podcast. If this is your first time on the News Desk and you, I mean, just just without getting into the show at all, without really hearing what I have to say about the news, if you like the direction that this episode is going in, why don't you do us a favor and leave us a review? Or at the very least, subscribe or follow the podcast in the hopes that maybe one of our future podcasts is better than this one. And you can listen to that one with maybe less hesitation and at at the end of it, maybe less regret. This is a uh, show that I do every week on the Culture Jack podcast where I talk about video game news. I talk about the video game industry. As of uh, recent, we've been talking a lot like everyone that has... Uh, takes place or or takes part in this echo chamber, we've been talking a lot about the Activision purchase by Microsoft or the intended purchase by Microsoft. Of course, there are still, you know, the SEC and the FEC that it has to go through um, and, and the deal is not going to close until sometime next year in 2023. But it has been a huge topic of conversation. And I have, like I said last week, I have listened to more uh, people with opinions. <laughs> I have listened to more broadcasts, read more articles, read more reviews and analysis of this deal. And I have, I have revised, reshaped, re-envisioned, and had other epiphanies about my own stances on this particular acquisition. It's, it's fun to say Activision acquisition. I It was unintended there, but I did it anyway. And so I may give you some of those throughout. And now we're not going to focus as heavily on that news like we did last week. There's other news that we need to talk about or that we we get to talk about, I guess. And it's, it's funny, like I was reminiscing last week, that hey man, it's the beginning of the year, it's a slow news cycle, and then bam, we had this huge piece of news drop. And it seems like for the last two or three weeks we've had very consistent news ever since. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on. And I guess I should stop just teasing you with it and I should tell you a little bit about it. So with, uh, with that being said, let's take a peek at the news. All right. First up, we've got Nintendo. Uh, The Nintendo Switch tops the U.S. hardware sales in December of 2021, according to the NPD Group. Uh, The PlayStation 5 is still tied with the Nintendo Switch in dollar sales. However, the hardware unit sales for the Nintendo Switch was more than the PlayStation 5, which isn't surprising. The Nintendo Switch is cheaper, it it has much more of a mass market appeal than the PlayStation does, not to mention, it has a larger library of Nintendo Switch exclusive games, which the PlayStation 5 just doesn't have yet. I mean, the same could be said with the Xbox Series, they just don't have those exclusive games yet. And even the games that they have on that system on the Xbox Series, are not exclusive to that generation of Sony and Microsoft consoles. Most of those games are coming out still on the Xbox One, despite it being discontinued. Uh, Most of those are coming out on the PlayStation 4, and we got some PlayStation 4 news uh, later on in the show. But Nintendo Switch games are almost exclusively for the Nintendo Switch. At the very least, the first-party exclusive ones are. Halo Infinite was the second best selling game in the US for December, 2021. Oh, oh this the, the subtitle on this article says, however, Call of Duty Vanguard finished the year on top with the franchise being the best selling in dollar sales for the 13th consecutive year. Holy cow. And we did report on it, everyone reported on it that Call of Duty was consistently at the top selling of all games in the industry Every year, year over year, they, they really sell gangbusters. And, you know, this year was no different. Vanguard, hugely popular, which underscores the importance, or I guess the hefty weight and nature of this Microsoft purchase of Activision. Uh, so we'll have to see what that is. But Halo Infinite, finally back up there in the top where, where it should be. Uh, Sony stock price drops significantly following Xbox Activision acquisition announcement. That's the AAA there. That was a hard one to pronounce. Uh, it's the biggest acquisition of all in all of gaming, and it seems the news might have impact on its competitor stock prices. So this was a $20 billion price drop, and I can't remember what the specifics were about this particular uh, volatility within the stock, but... I mean, the potential of those games no longer being multi-platform games and being exclusive to Xbox, though Xbox does have some designs on keeping multi-platform. I think, though, with the hidden intention of, and it's not even hidden anymore, it's the very lightly veiled intention of getting uh, Game Pass onto PlayStation, Mobile gaming is one of the more critical parts of the Activision acquisition, says Microsoft CEO. CEO of Microsoft Satya Nadella has highlighted how this acquisition strengthens the company's position in mobile gaming. And like we talked about last week, the king part of that acquisition, the one uh, the owners of Candy Crush and other mobile games really will give Microsoft a foothold into the gaming market, which Everyone is talking about VR and Metaverse and NFTs, and they're they're saying that is going to be the future of these gaming, these console wars, content wars, whatever you want to call them. But it, it's it, it really like this this CEO is saying, it's really going into the mobile gaming space and having our games more accessible to us. And I think the Nintendo Switch's success is a testament to that shift in dynamic. Yes, the Nintendo Switch, you can, you can play it docked at home on your TV, but one of the big alluring parts of that, one of the big selling points of that console is that you can pick it up and you can take it with you, and it's portable. And so when gaming uh, gets more easily accessible on phones, and I'm not just talking mobile games, I'm talking good games with access to good, high quality Bluetooth wireless connections to controllers, that's where the uh, the future market's going to be heading. And, I, you know, battery life is going to have to play a big part in that as well. And so we're going to have to see some probably pretty serious upgrades to uh, phone batteries of all shapes and sizes. Hogwarts Legacy will release in 2022. The uh, Avalanche software, the publisher, said that it... Though the rumors were that it was going to be delayed into 2023, those rumors have been largely misspoken and it will launch this year. Though they didn't say what time it would launch, I would hazard to guess if it's not launching around Halloween, which it should, I mean, it's a game about wizards for Christ's sake, then most likely it's going to launch this holiday season as well. Well, I guess you could include October in the holiday holiday season. Dying Light 2 Stay Human features 40,000 lines of dialogue. Holy cow. That's coming out on February 4th for all of the Xboxes, all of the Playstations and the PC. Dying Light 2, I wanted to bring this up, not just to, to show this impressive dialogue, uh, this dialogue line count, but I wanted to showcase, they had recently uh, shot out a tweet, the developers of Dying Light 2, that said that this game was going to take uh, upwards of 500 hours to complete everything. And you know us us very consistent gamers within this this gaming sphere know that that means, you know, like every nook and cranny, every secret, every discoverable. And Dying Light the first one was a huge game, massively expansive game with many many DLCs that complemented a long long play time. So Dying Light 2 and so all of us we hear 500 hours and we go, okay, that's no, no big deal. I'm probably not going to do 500 hours. I'll do, you know, a couple, 10, 20, 30 hours and I'll be fine. But there was a huge backlash to this saying 500 hours. What do you, what do you want me to do? Is this like a second job that you're having me get here? This is ridiculous. I mean, Surely for the completionists in the room, the the trophy hunters, the achievement hunters, they were like, oh yes, give me that 500 hours, I'll take 600, thank you very much. But for normal people, a 500 hour game definitely seems very daunting. And so they recanted that statement and they said, really, if you only wanna like complete it to a, a good degree, it's gonna take you, I think they said something like 60 hours or something, and then they got pushed back still and they said, well, really the main quest if you just focus on like the main story beats, it's going to take you 30-40 hours, which I is a standard standard game size or, or game time. I I didn't expect Dying Light 2 to be something outrageous and I don't know why this is even such a big deal. I mean, the developer made it a big deal when they decided to tweet out that it was going to be 500 hours, but anyway, Death Stranding, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro, and many others have been fully optimized for the Steam Deck. Oh, by the way, all of these headlines I am plucking off of GamingBolt.com. So if you want to go over there and do some extended reading yourself, if, you you know, some of these kind of pique your interest, but uh, really you want to look into them a little bit more, I think that's a great place to start. So they got a list here, and the list is categorized, uh, when is this? When is this coming out? It's coming out on the 4th, I believe. Uh, it just says it's set to launch in February. So the, the list is categorized in three columns. Uh, playable already, so it's gone through all the other steps. Verified, so it's coming to playable. And then unsupported that with the, the intention of becoming verified and playable it, all natural or optimized for the Steam Deck. And so I'll just go through the playable ones uh, there's Factorio, Rimworld, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, Slay the Spire, uh, Dyson Sphere Program, Cookie Clicker, Inscription, Plans for Zombies, Game of the Year Edition, Subnautica, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Farming Simulator 19, Cats in Time, Stormworks, Build and Rescue, Near auto- Automata, Black Skylands, Bravely Default 2, War Thunder, Tribes of Midgard, Season of Mystery, The Cherry Blossom, Murders. Uh, and there's other other really good ones that are coming, uh, like Dark Souls 3, Death's Door. Oh, I just started playing Death's Door on Xbox. It's on Game Pass, so I downloaded it. I started playing it a little bit. It is like a, like a Zelda, a Zelda-like game where it's like an adventure game, kind of top-down, three-quarter-down view, and you are a Grim Reaper essentially, but you're a little raven, little bird, and you have sword attacks, and you have rolls, and you have Power attacks, archery attacks, uh, it's kind of hard. I got to be honest with you. I'm not mm, very good at it yet. However, that's a game coming to uh, the Steam, Steam Deck here uh, soon. Call of Duty exclusivity might, quote, be hard to get past regulators. So says an analyst of the DFC. Uh, apparently, it's an intelligence agency in the government. Believes that making Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox platforms could make getting the deal past antitrust regulators a big hassle. There was also another story that I read where Call of Duty, they're essentially uh, Sony, when they, when they said, we expect Microsoft to honor the agreements and the obligations that it had uh, with Activision or that Activision had with Sony uh, when, it, when it takes over Activision. And the story that I read said something along the lines of, there was a rumor going around that the next three Call of Duty games were going to be multi-platform. Then after that, it was anybody's guess, most likely uh, exclusivity or at least exclusivity on Game Pass. So who knows what's gonna happen with Call of Duty. I know it's a big point of contention and Anthony likes that game a lot more than I do. I mean, I like the game, it's a fine game, I'm just not like a huge Call of Duty fan. Uh, so I'm not really concerned with its future, but I understand people, I mean, they're streamers that have made their living on Call of Duty. Like, that's what they do. They are, you know, Call of Duty people, essentially. Life is Strange Remastered Collections Switch version has been delayed. Uh, so if you're looking forward to that on the Switch, you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer. Activision Blizzard Studios will work on, quote, a variety of franchises, says Xbox uh, Xbox Boss. It's not Xbox Boss anymore. It's the CEO of gaming, or the gaming CEO. Anyway, Phil Spencer. So he's talking about like some very old eclectic games. Oh, and I was listening to Xbox Unlocked this last week, actually just a couple days ago, their, their new episode. And they were talking about something I didn't even didn't even strike to me. You know, we're talking about these different licenses now being owned by Microsoft and all of these Activision games, all of these Sledgehammer, Treyarch, Toys for Bob, all of the um, all of the different different games, though that are under those umbrellas, immediately, in my mind, I just thought, oh, those studios will continue to work on those games under the Microsoft umbrella. You know, they will make the Tony Hawks and they will make the Crash Bandicoots and they will make the Call of Duties under their respective flagships. But what I didn't think of, uh, that these guys kind of cued me in on, is that these games, these properties, Now that they're all under the Microsoft umbrella, it doesn't stop a different developer from making games within these series. Like, Playground Games did a great job on Forza Horizon 5 by all all metrics. Now, what is to stop Playground Games from developing the next Tony Hawk game? A really cool one that they mentioned was the Coalition, the folks behind the Gears of War game. What if they were to make a game in the Halo universe or, uh, you know, someone from uh, Treyarch or or Sledgehammer or Raven, those guys that have worked on Call of Duty games, making a game in the Halo universe or someone from Bethesda doing their take on uh, Spyro the dragon or something along those lines, like the, the, the possibilities are endless and all of these are... Very veteran game studios that have been in the been in the game for a long time. And now all of a sudden, I mean, if Microsoft does this right, obviously there are huge setbacks and there are huge detriments to a deal like this, a a deal that is this big Uh, chief among those being layoffs of duplicated job positions. That's going to suck. That's not going to be cool. There are the potential ramifications of Microsoft becoming closer yet to a gaming monopoly, though they still are in the rankings within, you know, Tencent and Sony and the like. But some really good things can happen with all of these studios being under the same umbrella, with all of these studios being able to work interdependently of one another to be able to share resources and share ideas and share developers. I just think that there is a real opportunity for it to go really well. And it's like Activision had all of these different developers under its umbrella, but they were all working on Call of Duty. Toys for Bob working on Call of Duty. Treyarch working on Call of Duty. Raven working on Call of Duty. Duty sledgehammer working on call of duty on the activision studios it was a call of duty machine and all of these other games all of these really great ips and these really great stories and these really great characters were just sucked up in the annual release call of duty machine and i think if especially if one of our other stories is to be believed that call of duty is going off of an annual release cycle and onto a more semi-regular cycle we will be able to see some of these other properties shine. I think that's a really cool thing. I mean, potentially. It's all up in the air. It's all out there for speculation and um, uh, you know different hypothesis and theorizing and, and stuff like that. So Dragon Age 4 has, quote, no chance of releasing in 2022. So this comes from insider Tom Henderson, who spoke with, quote, Uh, a source with knowledge of EA's plans who affirmed that BioWare's RPG is still a ways off from release. And BioWare, I think, is just pretty hot off the heels of coming out with that Mass Effect trilogy remastered. Oh, here's the other story. Uh, Call of Duty could move away from an annual release schedule, according to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, who also notes that there's, quote, cautious optimism about the merger and Bobby Connick's departure along with, quote, a fear of layoffs. Like we were saying, there are probably going to be uh, some layoffs, unfortunately. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West has a single, quote, strong and impactful ending, quote, but some nuances may change depending on characters you have given space and attention to, says narrative director Benjamin McCaw. So what you're saying here, Benjamin, is that I do have some choice in Horizon. And whenever it comes to choice in video games, like I always feel like it's very surface level. Like Fable. Back when Lionhead released Fable and one of its chief selling points was you get to choose your destiny. You get to be good, you get to be evil. And the choices that you make along the way matter. And so, yeah, you know, you'd make some choices and you'd grow some horns or you'd get a little halo or you'd... Get the the beautiful, uh, I guess, light flies, or you get the nasty dark flies, and you stunk and you smelled bad, and people jeered at you. Uh, but when it, when it came to the the game's ending, you could really choose which ending you would want uh, from from that. Like you, you still got to make a choice. You were not held to the choices that you had made throughout the entire game, which is something I would like to see. But really, for multiple choice endings, there's never really much nuance um, that goes goes in between all the separate endings. Call of Duty Warzone developer Raven Software staff is unionizing. So staff at Raven Software, after having been on a strike for a number of weeks, has announced it is officially unionizing. Um, there were some there was some information here. Activision Blizzard workers have recently also been uh, taking the first steps to unionizing, which was kickstarted when Activision let go a number of QA staff at Call of Duty Warzone Studio Raven Software. Uh, A number of QA staff at Raven Software have come together and voted to form a union with 78% of eligible workers voting in favor of uh, unionization. Let's see. They are working with a group called the Game Workers Alliance, uh, with the Communication Workers of America. Raven Software QA tester Becca Assigner said in a statement, quote, Today I am proud to join with a supermajority of my fellow workers to build our union, Game Workers Alliance. In the video game industry, specifically Raven QA people are passionate about their jobs and the content they are creating. We want to make sure that the passion from these workers is accurately reflected in our workplace and the content that we make. Our union is how our collective voices can be heard. So Activision Blizzard also provided a statement on the union's formation as well saying, quote, Activision Blizzard is carefully reviewing the re- request for voluntary recognition from the CWA, which seeks to organize around three dozen of the company's nearly 10,000 employees. Well, we believe that a direct relationship between the company and its team members delivers the strongest workforce opportunities We deeply respect the rights of all employees under the law to make their own decisions about whether or not to join a union. Um, Quote, across Activision Blizzard, we remain focused on listening closely to our employees and providing the improved pay benefits and professional opportunities needed to attract and retain the world's best talent. Over the past couple of years, this has included raising minimum compensation for Raven QA employees by 41%, extending paid time off, expanding access to medical benefits for employees and significant others, and transitioning more than 60% of temporary Raven QA staff into full-time employees. So unions and unionizing, it shouldn't be a very tricky topic, but in the past, unions have given us great things. Like just in this country, in the United States, we have got you know paid holidays and weekends and overtime pay, and they fought for worker rights and safety and, and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, the game industry, to my knowledge, does not have very strong unions. Now, I could be wrong in that. There could be some very strong unions in the, in the game industry, but it'll be interesting to see if this formation of a union, one, fully takes place and takes form, Two, what its effect will be on Activision Blizzard in the interim, before the purchase by Microsoft. And then three, what its effect will be uh, once it's fully incorporated into Microsoft. Because big companies, whether it's a Microsoft or an Amazon, have been very historically anti-union, and for good reason. They want to pull as much profit out of their respective industries as they can. And so, I, I think it's a good thing for these employees. I hope that it works well with them. I hope it rolls over to other developers and publishers within that industry because that industry, if you pay attention to it at all, has some of the worst uh, worker, I guess, I guess, worker environments when it comes to uh, unpaid overtime or extra extra overtime, unwanted overtime. When it comes to crunch time, you know, we, we all the time we're hearing stories of this game publisher, that game publisher is putting out extra crunch, which to the union's credit or this proposed union's credit, they say not only affects the workers and their families, but also affects the quality of the games. When the producers have a higher a higher impetus on getting the game out on a certain date than they do getting out a certain quality of game well this kind of unionization can help that as well so anyway there's it's like a eight (laughs) an eight tweet storm from the game workers alliance they talk about quality insurance they talk about diversity they talk about uh, creating a healthy and prosperous work environment uh pay and and uh compensation and stuff like that so Pretty interesting stuff there and it'll be interesting the the video game industry right now is going through some of the most historic changes as we are seeing probably the very first steps with this Activision acquisition uh, a move toward streaming becoming the primary vehicle by in which we receive our video games and a potential unionization of the video game industry as a whole. Uh, More news from EA. EA just might be the next potential acquisition target for a tech giant. It doesn't say Microsoft specifically, but it says for a tech giant. According to the recent Financial Times report, EA just might be the next big company to potentially be acquired by maybe a Microsoft, maybe a Google, maybe an Apple, a Meta, a Sony, or any other number of uh, people. The company is valued at 38 billion, which in my mind is absolutely bonkers. And it's a further testament to how great Call of Duty does every year. Because in my mind, EA is a bigger company than Activision. But Activision was just bought for $69 billion. And EA here, it says, is only valued at 38 billion. Maybe it's because more of the games that I like are on EA than Activision, but in my mind, for some reason, Activision was just a smaller company than EA. I don't, I don't know. It, it says it's going to be a probably a long while until Microsoft makes another big purchase like this. Though their war chest is not entirely empty yet, they are flush with cash. And the report I saw said that they had something along the lines of 120 or 130 billion in just spending money that they could take out and go out to acquire a new studio like Activision, which is, you know, cost them half of that, but seems to be like a, a, good, a good deal for them. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is coming to Nintendo Switch online in the next month. Hopefully it comes to the Nintendo uh, Switch store as well. This is a Legend of Zelda that I never played. I went from Ocarina of Time, Oh, shoot. I, I skipped a couple. I skipped Majora's Mask. I skipped, uh, skipped Twilight Princess. I skipped Skyward Sword. And I think, I think, no, I played Wind Waker. And then the next big one was, of course, the Breath of the Wild. Rocket League is going to get a new event called Neon Lights on January 26th. I just clipped this article not because I care about their events. They're having events all the time. And if, you're, if you play Rocket League and you also play Fortnite, there are exclusive cosmetic items that you can get from playing Rocket League in Fortnite and vice versa, seeing as how they're own, both owned by Epic. Uh, Rocket League, why I clipped this article is, if you didn't know, Rocket League came out with a new app on phones called Rocket League Sideswipe. It is a 2D version of the Rocket League game. It is an amazing, 2D game. It's one of the best mobile games that I have ever played. And if you found that Rocket League, the regular standard edition, had too high of a learning curve for you, it was maybe too much to get in all the 3D movement and the kicks and the flips and the boosts and the flying and the twists and the turns and the and the shooting and the, and the blocking and whatnot, then this is an excellent alternative to get that very same aesthetic, but in a 2D space. So there's less to remember. The only downside of it is that it is on mobile. I would play the shit out of this game if it was on a console. The mobile thing, the controls are very awkward. And so oftentimes I will find my thumb slipping off the boost button, or I will find uh, myself missing the jump button or not really wanting to go the direction I in because there's no tactile response in a touchscreen. So Pierce Harding Rolls, predicts that Sony's current-gen console will outsell Microsoft's Xbox Series consoles by two to one in 2022, while Nintendo will outsell them both. Uh, more PlayStation 4s aren't being produced due to ongoing PlayStation 5 shortages. We reported last week, or maybe it was the week before, that, well, PlayStation 4 playstation or sony could not make more playstation 5s because of the chip shortage they still had adequate amount of supplies to make more playstation 4s and so we're doing that to quell the demand for playstation 5s Uh, you can't get a playstation 5 but at least you can still get one of these 4s well a sony spokesperson has clarified in a recent statement to InLab that more ps4s aren't being produced just because of the widespread shortages of the playstation 5. They go on to say that, you know, the PlayStation 4, uh, the cross-gen nature of most of these games is why they're making more PlayStation 4s. And they're making more PlayStation 4s not only because of that, because the PlayStation 4 is an insanely popular video game console. Uh, This article here says that the PlayStation 4 itself has an impressive install base of 116 million units. And... Most major PlayStation consoles exclusives of 2022 are cross-gen. So, I mean, if you can make more money with your games by selling more consoles of the previous generation, why not do it? Uh, This is in contrast to Microsoft, which seems to have gone all in on the Xbox series because they have just stopped producing the Xbox One S and all the other Xbox Ones are no longer being produced. Gran Turismo 7 download size is nearly 90 gigabytes on PlayStation 5. I just talked about how beautiful this game is, so I'm not surprised at all. Like I said, I'm not going to be getting getting this game myself, but Anthony, if you do get this game, invite me over, we'll have some beers, and I will watch you play Gran Turismo uh, 7 on your PlayStation 5. Uh, Fable, Fable Dev Teams recruits Sea of Thieves Blood and Truth artist, uh, Toby Haynes, who was most recently with Rare, has joined Playground Games as character lead on the upcoming Fable. Which is great news. I like the aesthetic of Sea of Thieves. Granted, it's not what I expect, not what I expect graphically from a Fable game. I expect that to be much prettier than the Sea of Thieves. But the characters, like, I I think the... um, the The liveliness, the oh, what am I trying to say? the The way that they're animated, I guess just the the character. it's got the same kind of character feel, I think, from sea of thieves to uh, to fable. Another big game here, or I guess at least as when it comes to the file size. Horizon Forbidden West's PlayStation Five size is 86 gigabytes in the U.S. and 96 gigabytes in Europe. Now, I read the article and I couldn't figure out why there was that uh, 10 gigabyte discrepancy between the two or, or 10 gigabyte difference. Uh, far as I can tell, has something to do with the the, the regional um, the the regional publication of the game, and so. It's still a big freaking game. Like 90 gigabytes, you know, four, four one way, six the other. That's a big game. That's as big as Gran Turismo 7. I'm going to start comparing other things in my life <laughs> to Gran Turismo 7. Oh, man, did you guys get a lot of snow last night? Yeah, we got we got as much snow as like Gran Turismo 7. I, I think it'd be a good, um, good cause for comparison. Pokemon Legends Arceus it has its final file size. Now, if you want to guess... The flagship game for PlayStation 5, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and the answer to Microsoft's Forza Horizon 5, Gran Turismo 7, are both just about 90 gigabytes. How much do you think this Nintendo Switch, some would say first of its kind open world RPG style Pokemon game, how big do you think that game is going to be? Well, they announced it, it's actually six gigabytes. I love this too. I mean, the memory size for a Nintendo Switch versus a PlayStation or an Xbox is commiserate with that size. And so you might be able to get a, uh, an SD card that's got you know 256 gigabytes on it or something like that, but you don't have a lot of room. And Nintendo, to their credit, has released games that you can install. And again, I am looking forward to this game. It comes out, shoot, I think it comes out today. The 27th? Maybe it's the 28th. Maybe it's tomorrow. I am looking forward to this game, but like I've said many times, I am going to wait on this game until I see gameplay, until I see see and read reviews about the game. Because Pokemon has burned me too many times in the past. Not since Pokemon Red. Have I had a real good time with Pokemon? Negoshi Studio, established by NetEase Games and led by Yakuza series creator. Uh, It's Toshihiro Negoshi is his CEO and president of this new studio. The studio is focused on releasing high quality console titles and having an open atmosphere. Uh, which is great. By all accounts, the Yakuza, especially the newest one, Yakuza Like a Dragon, was a great game. A lot of people had a lot of fun with that. I just never found the time to really get into that full Yakuza experience, which I wanted to. Uh, It looks like Nintendo will announce a new game in February. Uh, The rumor has it's got something to do with Kirby, so I could give a damn, but maybe there's a Kirby fan out there deviation games has opened a new studio in canada and so this was a studio that was unveiled last year in june and it seems uh that it's going to be working on a playstation 5 exclusive debut title uh okay this is i'm very excited about this i know i bring up a lot of times on this show i bring up Fortnite, I bring up Apex Legends. They're kind of my two mainstays. I kind of go back to those games, especially when it comes to Battle Royale games, especially when it comes to shooter games. And if I were to uh, have that classic dilemma where both Fortnite and Apex Legends are hanging off the edge of a cliff, but I can only save one, I'm always going to save Apex Legends. And I don't know if that has to do with my loyalty to the Titanfall universe and the and Respawn uh, franchise therein, I mean, maybe it does. I just, I love Apex Legends so much. Like, it is such a crisp, clean game. The movements are so fluid. The gunplay is so good. The the variety of Legends that you can get is so awesome. Anyway, Apex Legends is, a, they just announced Season 12, Defiance, and their next Legend, which is Mad Maggie. So it says nothing about her moveset or anything else, but... Aside from her announcement, the Legends roster is just huge at this point. I may be running out of credits. I was playing that game very heavily like two years ago, and so I stacked up a bunch of credits. I've been able to buy the new Legends very easily, no problem. I may be getting close to that point where I'm going to have to get into it and play it more to be able to to purchase with the in-game credits. I'm not buying any extra credits. Uh, Purchase the new Legends as they come out, but... There is supposed to be a new limited time nine versus nine team mode control uh, available the first three weeks of the season and sees players battling to hold control points. Respawns are unlimited and loadouts can be chosen from the outset. This seems awesome because we've never had more than a three man squad on Apex Legends and not to mention it has been so fun jumping back into Halo with Halo Infinite and getting into that game again, getting into the capture the flag and the oddball. I mean, granted the regular Slayer too, but having larger teams, a lot a big team battle, nine versus nine, that's not, that's not too damn shabby. That's 18 people. What's big team battle? 16 people? Or maybe it's 16 aside. Anyway, I'm very excited for this, uh, for this new season. Another Xbox franchise is quote, going to get the Master Chief Collection treatment. So this is a rumor that uh, someone else, another franchise is going to get all of these games compiled into a remaster. And I think what what Halo did is they up all the graphics and they essentially remade the games. And then there was a toggle switch that you could toggle back and forth to the original graphics of the game versus the up versus the remade uh, graphics. The thumbnail that they show here is Gears of War by Coalition, and so I think that would be a really cool option. The Gears of War games are absolutely awesome. Paris-based developer and publisher New Tales has been founded by some industry veterans. Um, so these are people from Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft, Sega, and more. Let's see if I can, <laughs> I'm going to try my best not to, to mess up these names. Many of them are very French. So founders include uh, Cedric Marchial. He's president and CEO at ex-Blizzard and Sega. Uh, Benoit Dufour. He is a CEO. He used to work for Blizzard. Delphine Lecore. Uh, so she's CGO from ex-Blizzard. Uh, Emmanuel Aubert, uh, the CCO ex-Blizzard and Ubisoft. Kim Gresco, a senior advisor in game development, uh, used to work for LucasArts. Ray Gresko, who is a senior advisor for game development, used to be Blizzard. And Julia Hanfrey, also senior advisor and used to be Blizzard as well. They said, <clears throat> we have formed a team of passionate gamers with an unrivaled degree of experience, having grown some of the biggest IPs and player communities says New Tales president and CEO Cedric Marquial. Gaming has rarely seen such an exciting time fueled by tons of innovation and creativity. However, the frequency of new releases keeps rising rapidly, reinforcing the need for great international publishing. New Tales is a one-stop shop publishing solution where we're going to work with developers as one united team dedicated to maximizing success. We are also building our internal production capabilities to develop our own games and IPs. We are looking forward to joining forces with people who share our values and our passion. Um, So yeah, that'll be exciting to see what comes out of this, uh, of this new studio. Battlefield 2042 has fallen out of Xbox top 50 most played games. Every time I talk about Battlefield 2042, on this show or on any of my other shows. Uh, it's never good news for these guys. It's always like bad things are happening for Battlefield 20, 2042. And then uh, Unity has purchased real-time character creation tech company, Ziva Ziva Dynamics. Uh, and they are responsible for working on Ninja Theory Games, Sinuous Saga, Hellblade 2 Uh, TV shows like Game of Thrones and movies like Godzilla vs. Kong. Halo Infinite has over 20 million players and enjoys the biggest launch in the Halo series history. Congratulations to Halo. Forza Horizon 5 has amassed over 18 million players. Um... And that since launched, so so good, <laughs> good on Forza Horizon. This is great news for Xbox. Xbox exclusives are having a moment in the sun uh, right now. Activision is reportedly committed to releasing the next three Call of Duty games on PlayStation. Okay, so I did talk about that already. Um, at least the next three, according to this rumor, uh, are going to be PlayStation as as well, not just Xbox exclusive. EA won't make any more Star Wars games after Respawn Entertainment's upcoming titles. This is a rumor. Uh, They want to work on their own IP once these Star Wars games are out, which is great news because that means that Respawn can get back to work, get off their asses, stop just riding on the coattails of an international fan-favorite franchise like Star Wars and... Get to work on uh, Titanfall 3, will ya? Phew, all right, that's and that's uh, what I have for you for news. I told you it was, it's a it's a pretty big news cycle. I mean, even if I took out the Activision Microsoft stuff, like that still accounts for, shoot, I don't know, 30 minutes of this show, I'd say. Not that stuff, that probably accounts for 15 minutes of the show, which is where I got the 30 number. Like if you were wondering, we're about 45 minutes now. And I said, you know, 15 min of it, minutes of it. mim mimvitz. <laughs> 6 16 minutes. I don't know why I just changed the 16. Maybe I saw that it was 46 on the timer, but I'm gonna cut some stuff out. So it probably won't be 46 when you listen to this. None of this is important. Let me tell you about some games that are coming up. So just a couple days ago, we had Serious Sam Siberian Mayhem come out on the uh, PC. It's a PC exclusive. Is that Google Stadia? No. Ooh. Oh, no, that's its Metacritic score. It's 69. So take that uh, what you will. A real sexy number, but not a real high number. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection comes out tomorrow on PlayStation 5 and on PC sometime in 2022, though that has yet to be announced. Then another one tomorrow on the 28th, Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out on the Nintendo Switch. Like I said, I am looking forward to that, but I am Holding my cards close to the chest, as it were. Then, next week, we've got on February 1st, Life is Strange Remastered Collection on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, Google Stadia, and like I said, the Nintendo Switch version of that game has been delayed. And Dying Light 2, Stay Human, probably going to be one of the top releases of the year, uh, coming out on February 4th on all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes, the PC and then uh, the Nintendo Switch. It is it is del- not delayed. It's but it's due out uh, quarter two or quarter three of this year. And so that's that's all we have coming coming out in this next week. And then tomorrow, man, if you are playing Pokemon Arceus, if you listen to this podcast and you go out and buy that tomorrow or you download it tomorrow as a digital game, please let me know. Shoot me a comment over there on. Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at Culture Jacked. If you want to have a conversation about Pokemon Arceus, and I I, I guess I'm kind of just gloating right now because I'm, I'm saying Pokemon Arceus the correct way several times in a row, but if you want to have a conversation with me about that, head on over to Beams, download the Beams app, and uh, we'll have a little talk about it. It's a, it's a place where we can do like these mini audio podcasts together, and... I'm not, I guess, super active over there, but I'm a little active. I lurk in the shadows sometimes. I listen to some people say some things. Some people say some strange things over there. Anyway, uh, if you want to get a hold of us in other ways, you can definitely send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. You know, this isn't the only show that we have on the Culture Jack podcast. We've got a lot of other shows. Tomorrow on Friday, we've got a show called The Friday Show. (laughs) I know. Original naming convention. That was my naming convention because that's my show. I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about on the Friday show. And I think I'm going to take a trip into the future as a Dustin from the past. If that makes sense, probably doesn't. Tune in on Friday to find out what the hell that's about. Last week on Saturday, I delayed OTE. I canceled the show last week. Oh, shame on me. Slap my wrist. But I have rescheduled it to this Saturday. I'm going to be talking about the now canceled, unfortunately, live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Uh, so tune in on Saturday for that. We've got all kinds of shows that we do on Saturday. It's kind of our review and recap show. We talk about shows and movies that we've watched, what we think about them, how they were, et cetera. Et cetera. Then on Sunday... I get to take the rest of the weekend off and Anthony picks up the ball where I dropped it and he delivers you movie and television news on a show he calls the weekend wire on Sunday then on Monday you get more Anthony because he's coming at you with a show like I have on Friday but it's his show on Monday so by its very nature it's nothing like the show on Friday (laughs) it's a show where he gets to talk about whatever he wants it's the Monday Madness show and then of course every Wednesday we have one of our archived episodes dropping on YouTube with some video gameplay captured by yours truly. If you want something to watch well, you listen to the Culture Jacked fellows. That I think is all that I have. That I think is all the news and I will see you next week.